1 Corinthians 12, verse number 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I don't know if you know anything about the... Now, this is the King James, but I don't know if you know anything about the King James. If a word is italicized, it's because the translators who translated it from Greek into English added that word thinking it would help us to understand the, the, the meaning. And many times it does. Sometimes it kind of gives you a little bit wrong idea, but, but many times it's very helpful. But you just know by the italicized words that's added. Well, what does it actually say in the Greek? If you read the Greek, it literally says, without the word gifts, um, <clears throat> concerning spiritual, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, except spiritual in the Greek is plural. Right. So concerning spirituals spirituals. I don't want you to be ignorant. That doesn't sound like it makes any sense to us. What's that? Um, if you look it up, it'll, it'll say matters of and things pertaining to the Holy Spirit. Matters of the Holy Spirit, things that pertain to the Holy Spirit. In other words, what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? How does He work? How does He move? What are His gifts? What, are his, uh, what, what ways does He work? What does he do? What's his ministry? How many of you know Jesus said that he was going to send, he, he, when he left, he said, I'm going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so vast and immense that there is literally no way you could do it justice in one service. I don't know how long we're going to talk about this, but the Lord put this in my heart last night to share with you some about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, because to be honest with you, somebody might ask you, you they might say, what, where do you go to church? Or what, what kind of church is it? And you might say, well, it's a, it's a word of faith church or something like that. And that is true, except it's not. Except it's only partly true. I guess that's the way I'm trying to say it. We're not a church that just uh, preaches the message of faith. We're a church. We, we call it a word and spirit church. What is a word church? Uh, a church that's based on the word and the word concerning especially the message of faith. You cannot, you cannot be a Christian without walking by faith. That's right. Yes, right. The just shall live by faith. This is the way we live, right? But and that we've shared in the last few Sundays that I was here on some of that. Faith and, and uh, the, verse, the difference between the, the faith message and what people preach in the area of sovereignty. You've, you've been to those services. Well, um, it came real strong on my spirit. I didn't plan on going this direction. But, you know, it's your fault. You've been praying. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but the Lord really put it. He, he, I, had, I had some things I was studying and meditating on. I thought I'd go there. But he re very directly di redirected me or very de definitely redirected me to get on some of this. Yeah. So I am thrilled about this. I love this, this. Pastor Debbie and I, you, you know us maybe to a degree, but as you get to know us more, you'll find this out. We love the move of the Holy Spirit. We love it. We love it. You know, I, was, uh, I, I grew up in a Mennonite home. I don't know if you know anything about Mennonites, but they're real traditional, real reserved um, thank God, the church I went to, I got born again. They taught the new birth. I'm so thankful for that. Um, but, you know, that's about as far as they went. <clears throat> but um, 
I, I started hanging around some friends in high school because I went to a Christian high school, and I started hanging around some friends who were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And it's a little like Kenneth E. Hagin said. He said, this is a little bit like a slippery creek bank. You hang around it, and you're going to slip in the creek. Yes, you are. You're going to slip in. Yes, sir. And I, I started hanging around it, and I started slipping in. That's right. They started telling me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and so... Um, so I and then so they started and I, they they said they wanted to pray for me and I said well okay and so they prayed for me and I got baptized I got gloriously baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, whenever I, I was uh, and uh, spoke with other tongues and uh, as the Spirit of God gives utterance and as I began to speak with other tongues there was this there was this holy rapturous laughter that started rolling up out of the inside of me and when that started coming out I shut it down. Because I knew that couldn't be God because I had been to church. I knew God was, I knew God was depressed. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm being funny. But, but, uh, so, but when that started coming up, I shut that down. I was like, ah, I don't know if that's God. And so, but when I shut that down, the tongues stopped. And they said, so no, no, just keep on yielding to that. Keep on speaking those tongues. And so I said, well, I want those th that tongues. I know that's scriptural, but I don't know about this joy and this laughter. Except the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes, Remember that? Yes. So I started yielding to the tongues again, and, the, and bubble, the joy bubbled up, and I started bursting into the holy laughter, and, and I knew that wasn't God. And, you know, I'm talking about it in my mind, and I shut that down. I, I went through that a couple of times. Finally, they said, just let it fly. So I let it fly. I got so what the Bible calls in Ephesians 5.18, drunk on the Holy Spirit, not on alcohol, but on the Holy Spirit, that I'm hanging on the doorknob in the room I'm in. I'm just trying to stand up. I don't know if you ever noticed in the, uh, in the Gospels, there's a story of Jesus needing the donkey to ride the donkey into, the, into Jerusalem. And he said, go by, he told his disciples where to find the donkey. Go over there, and, and uh, there's a donkey tied up to a hitching post over there. And uh, you unloose him, and, and they'll ask you, where are you taking him? And you tell them it's the master needs him, and he'll let it go. They'll let it go. And so I was that donkey destined to carry Jesus to whoever I could reach with, with Jesus. Because that donkey was going to carry Jesus, right? I was that donkey destined to carry Jesus to people, except I had a problem. I was hitched to my denominational hitching post. Anyone know what I'm talking about? But I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and got unhitched. I got untied from my denominational hitching post. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I've been able to carry Jesus to a whole lot more people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit than I ever could have tied to my denominational hitching post. So, um, but that's, that's a little bit of my testimony. But I, but I wanted you to know that we, 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 I, I, I was so amazed at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life and what started working in my life as a result of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit that... The, and, and, and I couldn't even begin to share it all this morning but because his ministry is so vast. But um, I decided I want to stay with the one that's brought all this into my life. I want to stay with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God's gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his people. It's Jesus' gift to his people. 
And yes, we all, every, everyone that's born again receives the Holy Spirit into their spirit. They're made a new creation. We understand yes. that. They have the Holy Spirit living in them. But there's an additional work of the baptism of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon believers. And they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They, they can speak with other tongues. Somebody said, well, I was filled, but I didn't speak. Well, you could have. You could have. You could have. It always comes with the, with the evidence of utterance in other tongues. But anyway, so, but I decided and, and, and then uh, met this lovely lady in Bible school. We decided together we're going we're gonna to stay with the move of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Yes, Amen. Amen. And uh, so, you know, like somebody said, dance with the one that brung you. <laughs> you guys ever gone to the dance and t- taking a girl? You got you to stay with the one that, 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 you know. So, anyway. That's what we decided to do. We're going to dance with the one that brung us, brought us into so much of these things that we're enjoying today. So we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, you can never do it justice in one service. But I I want you to notice here concerning things that pertain to the Holy Spirit, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. And that's the things, the the, the word spiritual is plural. Now, any area that the Bible says, I don't want you to be ignorant of, you can just basically mark it down. The body of Christ is ignorant of that. There's a lot of things the church world doesn't understand about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I mean, everything from his, his gifts, all the gifts of the Spirit, all the equipment that he brings to our lives, the ways he leads us, his comfort. The Bible says he's, the Bible calls him the comforter. And the Amplified brings out the sevenfold meaning of the word comforter, advocate, intercessor, uh, strengthener, standby, helper. There's, I'm missing a word here somewhere, but uh, 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 he's so many things to us. I would not be where I am today if I had not learned to trust the Holy Spirit and guide me in making my decisions. And so, but let's, let's look at this a little bit. Here's, he said... Uh, Concerning these things of the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, um, the cure for ignorance is solid Bible teaching. So if we are not going to be ignorant, we have to teach along these lines. God doesn't want us to be ignorant, so we're going to teach on some of these things. But, but not only is the cure for uh, ignorance of Bible things a good teaching on the Bible, but also the cure for ignorance is demonstration of the move of the Spirit. Uh, God doesn't want, like Paul said there in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, he said, my speech and preaching was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God doesn't want us uh, to uh, just talk about the Holy Spirit and not let Him work or manifest in our services as He wants to or in our lives as He wants to. Um, and let me say this, go here, you're in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, go down here to verse number 7, I believe it's verse number 7, um, let's see here if I can find this, uh, where it talks about 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 7, the manifestation is, of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, um, Why does God not want us to be ignorant? Because of the the ways the Holy Spirit moves. Because 
his ministry or his movement in our, our services, in our lives, yeah. will profit us. Yes. Yes. And we're not just talking about finances. But he, he'll, his ministry can save your life. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure there's some things that I have missed uh, that Satan had planned for my life because I've learned to follow him. Now, I'm not perfect at it. You know, there's only one man has been perfect at anything, and that's, his name was Jesus, and they crucified him. So. But my, my point is I've learned a lot more than I used to know, and uh, I'm sure there's some things that I have avoided. I don't know about you, but when I go to heaven, I want to see videos of things I missed. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I want to see videos of how I profited because I was following the Holy Spirit and, and, and didn't, didn't go in a direction that I didn't have any peace about going. Yeah, those are going to be some videos to watch. Won't they be good videos to watch? You think heaven has videos? I'm sure their technology is way beyond ours. But, uh, but uh, there's, there's, uh, there's profit in his ministry. So really... Uh, these things are not, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit, and so forth. They're not so somebody can be seen as powerful. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Where people are impressed with them or their, their ministry or something right. like that. It's for people's profit. <clears throat> if we have the right motive for the move of the Holy Spirit, He'll move on a regular basis. If it's to be seen of men, you know, I want to prophesy so I can be seen of men, or I want to, I want to you know, have dreams and visions and tell everybody on the Internet about it so I can get a lot of likes. Stop. Come on. Stop. Yeah. How many of you know that's not the right motive? No, it's not. The right motive is that people get help, that the Holy Spirit is able to do what he wants so, so there's profit in people's lives. Amen. The Holy Spirit getting his way will pay off in our lives. Big, in a big way, a lot, a lot of different ways. So um, th- these, are the, the, these are the motives. There's a lot of things we could say here, but in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it tells us to covet earnestly these gifts. And uh, so th- we're, um, he, the reason we're to covet them, the reason we're not to be ignorant of these things is because there is tremendous uh, profit. The word King James here in the 7th verse uses the word profit. For, for in our lives, if we'll let the Holy Spirit move, and really to let Him move, you have to become knowledgeable. I, let me just say this. God works through knowledge of His Word. Satan works through ignorance of the Word of God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but that is huge. That's a huge statement right there. So, uh, but so this prophet... Uh, or let's put it this way, ignorance, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorance, this, it deprives us of the profit that should be ours. And it also deprives others of the profit, the, the, the benefit of those things working through us, making things available to other people. God, the Holy Spirit, will work through us to make something available to other people. Yes. I'm not just talking about in church, but throughout our day. You know, the Bible says believers are to lay hands on the sick. Not just, not just preachers, but believers are to lay hands on the sick. And there's so many of these things that God wants to do. So um, I, I am actually in the ministry today. Uh, you talk about prophet. I'm in the ministry today because of somebody who knew the Holy Spirit and yielded to him. Her name was Emily Mahaffey. It was changed to Shurs later. Emily Mahaffey. I always call her Emily Mahaffey because she was Mahaffey when I 
was ministered to. I had a friend in high school named Walker Schurz. His name was Schurz because of the second marriage. But um, Walker Schurz was my best friend. And we were, everybody thought that, uh, you know, well, the reason they're kind of messed up is because they got around the wrong kids. But what we kept secret and nobody knew was we weren't just the ones around the wrong kids. We were leaders of the wrong kids. <laughs> you know, you can pull the wool over people's eyes if they don't have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So I was, uh, so we were, we were in cahoots together in our, in our carnality. Anyway, so we were sharing uh, bad recordings of rock and roll music together. And uh, we were, I gave him, you know, back then it was cassette tapes. Any, anybody remember cassette tapes? <laughs> I remember eight tracks. Yeah, the song's going on. I'm going to go, and back up. And then the song would start again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, but anyway, so we would share back and forth these 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 wrong carnal music CDs, or I mean uh, cassette tapes. Anyway, so I'm sharing one with him, and I shared it with him, and he he's listening to mine. And his mother was a Holy Ghost baptized, speaking in tongues, speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, Mama, <clears throat> who who knew the move of the Spirit. And so Walker's listening to mine. And, and he hid it after he was done between his mattresses so nobody could find it because if Mama found it, we're all in trouble. So, we, so he hid it, and she's making the bed one morning, speaking in tongues, speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and uh, making, the bed, making Walker's bed. And the Holy Ghost said to her, reach between the mattresses. <laughs> and so... She <laughs> found my cassette tape and pulled it out. Hello, Walker. Whose is this? All right now. Not mine, Mama, not mine. Well, you know what the next question was. Then whose is it? Well, he's trying to avoid saying it, but, but he, he was required of Mama. You know, when Mama requires it, you better say it. So, uh, so he uh, told Mama that it was Jay Eberly's. Well, guess who got a call that very day? My parents. Thank God for a Holy Ghost woman. And she called and she said, can I come and talk to you? I just want uh, your, your son and my son are friends, and they both need help. <laughs> so she invited herself to my parents' house and sat down in the living room, well, it was the kitchen table, and started talking to my parents. And the love of God that was coming out, it wasn't condemnation. The love that was coming out of her towards me and him was absolutely overwhelming. I had never experienced it before. And I'm totally, uh, God's working on my heart, melting my heart, the love coming out of her. Because you could tell she wasn't there to hit me with a stick. She was there to help. And that, I, that, that my, my life was going to be hard if I kept going this route. Yeah. The way of the transgressor is hard, right? Yeah. And so she's, uh, she's there, and, and she's, she brings up that, this, this you know, music and stuff. And she, my dad found out about it, and, and he said, well, do you have any others? Yes, and I'm crying. It's above the, it's above the drop ceiling in the basement. You know, I'm hiding my stuff. <laughs> I'm telling a funny story this morning, but it's all true. 
And tears are streaming down my face. And, I, and I, my dad said, well, let's go get them. And he said, we're going to throw, because it was wintertime, and he said, we're going to throw it in the, the front. We had a stove, burnt wood stove downstairs. So we're going to throw it in the wood stove. And I was so ready to get rid of it. It was like, it's like somebody finally loves me. Yeah. I, that's, it was just the love of God all over her. And that was the beginning of the turnaround of my life. We threw those in the fire. I just totally walked away from all of that lifestyle. And within a short period of time, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm back in the, I'm back in the plan of God for my life. Amen. Why? Because you, you talk about profit. Yes. That benefited my life tremendously. So whenever she, uh, whenever she yielded to the Holy Spirit, when he said to her, reach between the mattresses, that's a work of the Holy Spirit to bring profit to my life. Yes. How many of you know God wants to do that through you to minister to people all where, wherever you come in contact with them? I don't know about you. I'm having a good service this morning. And so these spiritual things, we need to understand spiritual things. Okay, let's look at one that the Lord put in my heart this morning. We're running out of time here. 2 Timothy 1.6. Let's look at something that pertains to the Holy Spirit that we're not to be ignorant of. Um, if you're here and you're a believer, you've received Jesus, uh, the, the day you were born again and received Christ, the Holy Spirit came into you. He, he's, remember the Bible said, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit today. You, you don't get the Holy Spirit uh, the day you don't get the Holy Spirit the day you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit the day you're born again. But there is an additional work of the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You understand? And uh, we don't have time to get into all that this morning, but just know there is a difference, and uh, we'll get to that in some other service. But here's what I wanted you to see. 2 Timothy 1.6, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Okay, so here's something to be ignorant of. The things of God, including the Holy Spirit within you, can be stirred. Now, now let's work with this a little bit here. Um, I meet Christians sometimes that they're empty. They're, they're not uh, refreshed in the Holy Spirit. They're not, they're, they're sort of, I don't know how to say it other than this. Sometimes I just say it this way. It's like they're, they're so low that their chin hits every bump in the road. You know, they're just, they're just struggling, you know, maybe with depression or maybe with uh, discouragement or something like that. And I'm not trying to be hard or critical about that, but I do have the answer for that. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and stirring up the Holy Spirit in you. And we're going to talk about that this morning because it's something God wants us to not be ignorant of. Um, all spiritual things need to be stirred. Your faith can go dormant, but you can also stir it up. You, your, your love walk can go dormant, but you can also stir it up, Right? Uh, and and the, the things of the Holy Spirit can go dormant. In fact, we see that in places. The, the move of the Holy Spirit goes dormant. But it can also, one translation says, fan the flame. Rather than stir up the gift of God, it says, fan the flame. You know, like a campfire, you, you're burning it, and it eventually burns down. Well, you can stir that up, right? And, uh, you know, get the poker in there and stir that up, and the flames come up, and you can put more wood on it. And that's what Christians have to do because uh, things, things can burn down. 
When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I caught fire back there in my high school when I got baptized. I caught fire. And they said, well, you know, it'll wear off. Well, they've been waiting for that to wear off for 35 years now, and I'm worse today than I was back then. Because I keep fanning the flame. Woo, glory be to God. Just keep fanning the flame. Hallelujah. I mean, the world is, is, is going through a lot of things. And there's times it tries to get in me, but I say, no, I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to stir up the gift of God. So uh, that's, that's what he said here to do. Spiritual things need to be stirred. Don't be ignorant of that fact. Spiritual things need to be stirred. Now, go back up a verse. We'll go back to 2 Timothy 1, 5, and we'll run from verse 5 into verse 6 because you get a lot of revelation here. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. So circle that word faith. Unpretended, that's what the word unfeigned means. It's the real deal. Unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore? So now you see he's connected what he said in verse 6 to verse number 5. If I walked in this morning and the very first thing I said to you was, therefore, you know, wait a minute, I missed something that he said. (laughs) So we got to read the first part. Verse 5 is the first part. Because that you have faith, Timothy, you have faith. He said, therefore, or wherefore, I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. You stir this up because you have faith. In other words, faith is not just because the Bible said faith is the victory that overcomes the world, right? right? The just shall live by faith. It's not just for getting victory. It's not just for living right. by faith, you know, living and serving God. It's not just to receive your healing or a prayer, you know, an answer to prayer or a need met or something like that. Faith is for all those things, but it's not just for that. It's to stir things up. That's right. oh, Use your faith to stir up what has burnt down. Does that make any sense? Your faith is to, for many, many things, you can see many, many things your faith can be used for in the Bible, but here's one that the Lord really put on my heart. Use your faith to stir things up. Now, we're going to talk about how to do that, uh, but you, you can see here that, uh, that, that, that this is what he's saying in these verses. Now, um, go over to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 30, verse number 6. David, I'll tell you the story, David had gone out to a battle, and he actually won the battle, but then he came back home, and his own home city had been attacked, and the city was burnt, they had taken all, the the enemy had taken all the goods, and they had taken their wives and their children. Well, they got back after a great victory, and now they come back to this. And all the people, and you can understand, all the soldiers were thoroughly upset. I mean, probably mostly for their families. Their families are gone. And they're, they're very distraught, and they're crying and weeping and so forth. And the Bible said they actually, all the soldiers actually started talking about taking David out. They sure did. You know? And the Bible says they were greatly distressed. But look, notice here in uh, this passage I had you turn to here, uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse number 6. David himself was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. You know, that's not a good day whenever they want to take the preacher outside and stone him. (laughs) But the people spoke of stoning him. Now, look at this. Because the souls of all the people was grieved. Well, you can understand. Every man for his son and for his daughters. Now, look at this. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. 
Notice there was nobody else around to encourage him. But he encouraged himself. Now, not just by, by himself, but he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That reminds me of uh, Ephesians 6.10. Be strong, but not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. And then what's the next verse? And the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord means be strong in the word. Be strong in the power means be strong in the Holy Ghost. You're no match for the devil as an empty vessel. If you stay empty, you come to these times in life because, you know, faith doesn't mean you don't have things come against you. David was a man of faith. In fact, 2 Corinthians 13, verse number, what is it, for verse number 4, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken, we also believe and speak. The one that wrote that, I believe and speak, was David. David had the spirit of faith. And so because he had a spirit of faith didn't mean that he didn't encounter tests or trials. Right? Having the spirit of faith, walking by faith doesn't mean the devil will go uncle and let you alone. It does mean, though, that whenever he comes, this is the victory that overcomes him every single time, even our faith. But see, there's more to walking by getting the victory by, by faith than just saying, I believe God, I, I, I receive what his promises are. That's, that's, that's a big part of it. Don't misunderstand me. But use your faith also to get get built up and refreshed in the Holy Ghost. Because to be honest with you, we're not to be strong in ourselves. We're strong in the power of His might. And I'm telling you, if you're empty and not continually refilled with the Holy Spirit, which we're going to see here in a moment, you're going to be no match for the devil as an empty vessel. God never intended that you, let's put it this way, if you're here today and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you spoke with the North other tongues, God never intended that, that to be an experience that you had once back in 1987. Right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank God for what happened back there when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost or whenever you were filled. Thank God for that. But this is to be a continual thing. Go over to Ephesians chapter number 5 and we'll see this. Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians 5, verses 18 through 20. Some amazing scriptures here. But uh, uh, look with me at Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Now, um, uh, let's see here. I, I got the Bible open, but I got to get my own written Bible. How's it, how's it start out there? Ephesians 5, 18, how's it start out? Do not be drunk with wine. We're in his excess, but what? King James says, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. What's he goes on to say? Speaking to yourselves in what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Praise God. Giving thanks always. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So notice, be filled, be filled speaking. And he mentions a couple different things. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, giving thanks, praising God, right? Be filled. Now, the Greek actually says be continually filled. Actually, the Greek way it says is be being filled. Be continually filled. Now, we know that's what he meant because he's writing to the church at Ephesus. And you look at the book of Acts, I don't think, I think it's the 19th 
19th chapter, you look at the book of Acts, and this church started out as a spirit-filled church, filled with the Holy Ghost. So he's writing to folks that were baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, and were filled with the Spirit back there and whenever this church was founded. And he says to them, be filled with the Holy Ghost. So what does that mean? It's not a once and done experience. It's to be a continual thing. Literally be being filled continually. Well, how do I do that? Well, the same way you were filled initially, keep doing that. Be being filled, yeah. speaking. 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 That's it. speaking. God, you see, believers have to understand this. God has a plan for your tongue. Yes. 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 And it has nothing to do with complaining. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can we meddle a little bit Come on. while we're preaching? God has a plan for our tongue. What, you know, why would a Christian need to be continually refilled? I was thinking about this one day. Why would a Christian need to continually be refilled? And it came to me this way. Because Christians leak. We do. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, too. Christians leak. What do you mean leak? That means what they got filled with can drain out. You know, you, your, your being, your, your whole makeup, your spirit, you are a spirit, your soul, you, know, you live, in a bo- live in a body, but your make, really the part of you that's filled is your spirit. Yeah. And your spirit man is like a container. Yes. And every man is full of something. Yeah. Some full of NASCAR, <laughs> right? Some are full of themselves, <laughs> full of other things. Right? Everybody's full of something. Yes. Now, uh, what the, what, what, how do you tell what somebody's full of? What they keep talking about. Right. I always right. think it's fun getting together with Christians because here's what happens. You've got Christians that want to just talk about the things of God. And then there's Christians that while you're talking about the things of God, they just stand and listen. But if the conversation turns to some of their favorite sport or something, boy, they're all in the conversation. You know what that means? They're full of sports. The rest are full of God. How can you tell if somebody's filled with something? What comes out of here? Out of the abundance. You ever read that verse? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. (laughs) Right? You can tell what people are full of by what they talk about all the time. But when you're full of God, full of the Word, full of the Holy Ghost, that's what you want to talk about. People can call you crazy because that's all you want to talk about. But see, it's like Brother Hagin, remember back years ago, he was on his deathbed, and the Bible said, uh, you know, uh, let, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. You ever read that? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. How are you going to get it in you richly? You've got you to keep pouring it in, keep pouring it in, keep meditating on it. Well, he was on his deathbed, and uh, the, the family got concerned about him because they said, because uh, he got saved, and they got concerned about him because all he wanted to do was read his Bible. They thought, my goodness, you just keep reading your Bible like that, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah, that's what they thought. That's what they thought. So they got concerned about him, and then they tried to talk to him about it. And uh, he said, well, I don't, don't you want to read other things? No, I don't have time. And so they asked the doctor to talk to him. The doctor came in and said, so, um, you know, what do you do most of the day? And he said, well, I just, I, I, you know, because he was partially paralyzed, he couldn't, he couldn't hardly get his Bible open. He could read his Bible for an hour or so in the morning because then he was, his Bible, paralysis would get it, kick in, and he couldn't quite get the pages turned, you know. 
So that, he spent all his time that he could reading his Bible. And, uh, but they got concerned because that's all he would read. And the doctor came in and said, well, do you ever read anything else? No, I don't have time. Here he's got, he's laying on his bed and, and, and has 24 hours a day, and he doesn't have time to read anything else but the Bible. And they said, well, and the doctor said, well, don't you read, like to read the funny papers? Anybody remember when they used to call it the funny papers? That's the cartoons in the, in the newspaper. No, he said, I don't have time. Don't you read novels or anything? No, he said, I don't have time. That doesn't mean he was saying that was wrong. It's just that what do you want to get full of? You get full of the Word, and that will produce faith, which will change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And so they said, well, I'm, we're concerned you're going to lose, lose your mind. He, Brother Hagin said, thank God I did. I lost my mind and got the mind of Christ. And that, that new thinking brought me off the deathbed because they had given him up to die. Praise the Lord. And people can think you're crazy, but it can save your life. I've got to the place, I don't know, probably some of you got to this place too. I really don't really care what people think about me anymore. I love them. I, 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 I want the best for them, right. but if they think I'm a little off my rocker, well, so be it. Okay. Amen. It's working for me. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing a whole lot better than I used to do. Yes. Indeed. And besides that, I'm happy. Leave me alone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm just happy with the one that keeps filling me, giving me answers, giving me direction, bails me out of pickles I get myself into. Anybody ever gotten yourself in a pickle in a situation? It's like, uh-oh, how do I get out of this? Shakalamagaya. And you pray in tongues, and up here comes the answer. Woo! I'm going to stay with him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, somebody said, I just don't sense his leadings. There's a verse in Luke 4 that talks about Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. I think it's verse 1. Full of the Holy Ghost was led of the Spirit. The fuller you get of the Holy Ghost, the more conscious you are of His leadings. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just not getting anything. Well, if you would dip down and start drawing up the Holy Spirit in you, uh, and we'll look at how to do that. We've only got a few minutes here left, but you'll learn how to do that. You'll be much more conscious of the Holy Ghost. People are conscious of all kinds of things. They're conscious of their trouble. They're conscious of their need. They're, uh, you know, self-conscious. Some people are unconscious, um, you know, just, <laughs> but pe- people are conscious. God wants you to be God conscious, yes. Holy Ghost conscious. Yes. Some people today, you ask them, what's God doing? They go, I don't know what he's doing today. People ask me what God's doing today. I said, how much time you got? You ain't always doing in my life. Let me tell me how much time you got. Yeah. Ooh, glory to God. Because I keep myself full, and I'm aware he's guiding here. He's directing here. He's showing me the truths of his word here that, that renews my mind and keeps me from going down the rabbit trail of worry here. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? But we've got to practice this be being filled here. So this Ephesians 5 is so important. Notice he said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. What does the word drunk mean? But he said, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, we know when a person's drunk on alcohol, they're under the influence of alcohol. It's, it's, it's influencing their decisions. You know, they become sober again, and somebody tells them what they did, and, and they regret what they did. Because alcohol make you make wrong decisions. Being filled with the Holy Ghost means you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you won't regret what the decisions you make under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
So, um, so, but how do, we, how do we get filled? He said they're speaking. Um, I would challenge you to do something this week. You don't have to do it for me, but if you want to examine yourself. The Bible didn't say for me to examine you. The Bible said examine yourselves. We all examine ourselves. I mean, I, I look in my life and somebody said, are you going to be critical of this person or that person? No, I'm busy with myself. Yeah. I'm keeping myself yeah. in line. So, but, uh, but you, you could do this experiment this, this week if you would like. Uh, take a summary of everything you say. And how much of it is praise and worship? How much of it is speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? How much of it is giving thanks, like he said here? Did you read that list? Be not drunk with wine, be filled. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Singing. Making melody in your heart. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. Yeah. How much of what you say all week long falls in any of those categories? So do that examination of yourself. If you would like, you don't have to, but you know what I'm talking about. If you want to, know, if you want to find out some answers about yeah. why you're not fuller, find out how much of your week is filled with that and how much of it's filled with complaining, talking about the, the economy, talking about the government, talking about criticism of this person and that person and this preacher and that preacher. And you'll, you'll get a great revelation of why you're not fuller. Ouch. <laughs> amen. I'll amen myself on that one. That's good preaching, Pastor Jay. Well, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's helping me. Okay, go to John 7. We've got to wrap this up here. But John 7, Jesus said something that is very, very important for us. If you've got some uh, notes there, write this down. John 7, verse 37 through 39. John 7, 37 through 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. All right, so Jesus said, uh, out of his belly will flow these rivers. Now, if you read Proverbs, what is it, 20, 27, the spirit of man, I believe, is, is that the right verse, 20, 20 verse number 5 or something. Uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The belly. All right, so what he's saying is not the stomach when he says belly. He's talking about the spirit because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching. The spirit, your human spirit, the real you, is not up here. He's down in the core of your being. And that's where the Spirit of God guides you. He bears witness with your spirit from down here, Romans, 4, uh, Romans 8 says. So uh, down here, out of your belly, out of your spirit, he said, will flow these rivers of living water. But he didn't say they just flow automatically. He said you've got to drink. Do you see that? He that's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Say it out loud, drink. drink. Now, you've got to understand the way we're saying this, but look at your neighbor and say, this is a drinking church. This is a drinking church. <laughs> <laughs> this is a drinking church. Now, I've got to qualify that. You know, got to qualify. We're not talking about alcohol. Alcohol is the devil's cheap substitute for what God had for you as a believer all along. 
Alcohol, people drink alcohol because, man, I've had a hard week. Let's go to the bar. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. What are they doing? They're trying to forget their troubles. Yep. Well, God gave, you, God gave you something to forget all your troubles. Yes. Get filled up again with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Drinking of the Holy Ghost. How do you drink? Well, you just, like, just like people drink alcohol, you got to drink the Holy Ghost the same way. you got to open your mouth. Open your mouth. Yes. That's right. Come on. Open your mouth. And he said it in Ephesians 5, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody. Now, this isn't talking about whenever you just need some encouragement, you turn on your playlist, on your your Christian playlist, on your iPhone, and listen to good Christian music. That's not you speaking in psalms. That's them. Now, I'm not saying that can't be refreshing. Of course it's refreshing. But there's a limited blessing there. There's a bigger blessing. Of you opening your mouth. Praise the Lord. Worship the Lord. Father, I thank you. You are so good to me. (laughs) Really, one thing it does is it turns your attention from all the stuff going on, all the devil's saying, all the circumstances to God. Wow. I mean, when your attention's on God, you, you... God's given you something better to look at than all your circumstances. He has. He's given you something better to focus on all week long than the news or the circumstances or your, your job or whatever, your, your finances, the lack of finance, whatever. He's given you something better to look at. And, and really the reason people are heavy is because their attention's on the wrong thing. But this will get your attention back on God. And guess what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. If there's anything you and I need in this day and that we're living in today, it's some strength. Because you and I could easily get discouraged like David, remember, uh, and, and say, well, and, and make wrong confessions and things and just give up or whatever. But no, we, we can get, you know, we can live in this world without being of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We're, we're in a different flow. We've got, a, we've got the victory that Jesus won for us. Praise the Lord. So to be filled, drink. And if you want to continue to be filled, continue to drink. And he said it'll start bubbling up. And then he said it'll start running out like rivers. Notice that's plural. You learn to practice this verse on, this, uh, in, in uh, John, John 7 and then Ephesians 5 there, be not drunk with wine, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. You run, learn to practice that, the things of God, all the comfort of the Holy Spirit, all the wisdom of God, the, the, what decision to make, which direction to go, the divine answers that you need, the, uh, just, just all that He does, the refreshing that we need. You know, there, there are, you, you and I need times of refreshing. The Bible talks about times of refreshing. You and I need that. God provided it. That, that, the reason we need it, uh, the reason he provided it is because we need it. You and I, you know, I don't, I don't really criticize the world for whatever they do to get rid of their problems. That's all they have. But that's not all I have. I got the greater one that, can, that I can stir up and he can rise up on the inside of me and strengthen me. 
There have been mornings I have woke up and I'm like, I do not want to go to the office today. I do not want to do that. I do not want to. But then I get in the presence of God and start taking in of his presence, taking in of his words, worshiping him. Before you know it, I'm up and I'm like, where's the devil? I want to get at him, you know. I got refreshed. And this renewal doesn't begin. Somebody said, I'm, I'm physically, I need strength. The, the, the condition of a man's spirit affects the condition of his body. The Bible says that very plainly. It says, and if, I don't know the verse because it's just coming up in my spirit. I don't have, I think it's Proverbs 14. Verse number 30 maybe. It talks about the strong, the Amplified especially, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain and infirmity. Did I say that? I could have said that wrong. Proverbs 14 verse 30 or somewhere there. Uh, but but we, we'll find it before we leave here. Is it verse 30? That's the King James says uh, a spirit of man will sustain him or something. But we'll find it before we leave. But what, what, Say it again. Okay, they'll find it. But what he's saying is the condition of your spirit will affect your body. Say that out loud. The condition of my spirit will affect my body. What are we saying? If you want a strong body, keep a strong spirit. A strong spirit is, is obtained by feeding constantly on the Word and constantly being refilled with the Holy Spirit. Did you get anything out of the service this morning? 1430, and especially read it in the Amplified. It'll bless you. And there's other verses there uh, in Proverbs that talk about the same thing, that the condition of your spirit will affect your body. I've learned that strength is not just physical. It's spiritual. And if my spirit is strong... It'll, it'll keep my body strong. There's a whole lot of revelation there concerning divine healing, actually. People think of one, one thing, of, they think of one narrow track of how God heals, but this is, this is how you stay strong physically all the time. Keep a strong spirit. How do you, well, if you want a strong body, you got to physically, you got to uh, eat and you got to exercise, right? And if you want a strong spirit, do the same thing. You got to eat and exercise. What is eating? The Word of God. That's meditating on the Word of God. What is exercise? It's praising and worshiping God and exercising and, and using your faith. Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Strong, strong. Hallelujah. So really, like Paul said to the church of Thessalonica, it would be better when you greet somebody and say, it'd be better rather than say, how you doing, you could say, how's your faith? How's your faith? That's right. They say, my faith is strong. Well, then we know they're doing good. That's right. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of this today? Uh, We just got it introduced, but there is so much here. Um, Learn to tap into the greater one in you for the refreshing you need. Learn to tap in him, into him for the encouragement you need, the guidance you need, even the counsel that you need. It's not wrong to go to a minister or a pastor or someone and, and get some counsel, but really the counselor lives just 18 inches below your nose. He's living right on the inside of you, and he's there to, to guide you and counsel you, comfort you and, and strengthen you and, and show you what to do. Um, so... Learn to, uh, learn to go to him rather than to your mind. You know what I mean by the mind? Calculating, trying to figure out. Uh, the mind doesn't have so many answers. You found that out yet? Uh, it doesn't have so, so many answers. But the one in you has all the answers. So learn to go to him. Learn to look to him. 
Praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. You want to know who changes the world? Fool people change the world. Yeah, fool people change the world, either for good or bad. Either for good or bad. People that are full of carnality, they change the world for bad. Full of sin, they change the world for bad. A, full, a man full of God, he changes the world for good. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of being filled with your spirit, refreshed over and over again. We're, we're grateful, Father, for the light that's coming to us in this area. We choose and determine to not just be hearers of the word, but, Father, to be also doers of your word, to practice singing and worship to you out of our hearts, Father, in a, in a, in a sound that is pleasing to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen. I got to say this. These psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are something that's given by the Holy Spirit in the moment of time. They aren't something that, well, don't misunderstand me. You can get a song that you already know come up in your heart and you can sing it. It'll edify you, right? Some, something that, that is known in the church world. Those, there's many of those that are anointed. Some of them aren't anointed. Some of them have no power on them. But some of them are full of the anointing. And those can come up also. But some of these things, they didn't have the hymnals back then. They didn't have the technology back then and all that. They, th these psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs were things that were given to them in the moment of time, get this, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Really, it's the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. Which, which are the vocal gift, one of the vocal gifts and it's very, very edifying to do this. Speaking in tongues, you kind of get started in this by speaking in tongues and then switch over into English, and the tongues will edify you to one degree, and the English in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs will edify you to another degree. I could tell you testimonies of practicing this in my own life, and as a result, going into the Spirit. Now, that's a term we don't know much about in the church world today, but we're going to be talking about it. Going into the Spirit and seeing in the Spirit and knowing what to do in my situation. And it works like clockwork every single time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So are we a Spirit-filled church? Not just in name, but in practice? We live being filled and continually filled? Yes, we're a word, and we are a spirit church. Praise the Lord. I'm going to practice this this week. When I want to complain, I'm going to say, nope, I'm going to praise the Lord for his good, for his good and his mercies endure forever. Praise God. And it'll keep me edified. Guess what? The next time I see you, you'll be, you'll be a blessing to be around. The next time you see me, I'll be a blessing to be around. Anybody ever met somebody that they're a blessing whenever they leave? <laughs> I want to be a blessing whenever I show up. Anybody want to be a blessing when you show up? Praise God. Amen. Amen.